0: For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who
1: are being saved, it is the power of God. Congrats. Whoa, baby! We are live! Stop yelling, you're freaking for maxing out. the Rebels Podcast! Today we have uh, a special treat for you guys. Lately we've just been doing uh, one-on-one conversations, but today we're going to be doing a two-on-one conversation, or a one-on-two conversation, however you wish to look at it. We're a one on one on one conversation. Anyway, uh, we got Andrew King on again. What up, bud? Oh, not much. And then we got Noah on Spock. Hi. Sweet guys. <clears throat> so as you guys obviously know, uh this past weekend was Easter weekend. Resurrection. Resurrection Day. <clears throat> I mean, come on. And um, so we want to tell that story. This is a story that literally changes our lives. I mean, I don't <laughs> this is a story that our lives revolve around, honestly. So I'm really excited to start talking about that. Um, we're gonna start here in the Garden of Gethsemane. And this is all prelude to Jesus actually being crucified. And we wanna hit a couple uh nails on the head and we wanna bang these nails in pretty hard. And then we're gonna yeah, tell you the story of Jesus Christ and him crucified. And yeah, be patient with us guys. We're still learning how to do this and I'm True. really excited. To get going. You guys got anything you want to say before we start? Any funny jokes?
0: I always, when someone asks me to tell a joke, I my mind goes blank about all the jokes I could tell. I have a joke. You want to hear it? Is it an Easter joke? No. Totally unrelated. Make me laugh. Okay. um, What do you call it when a cow jumps over a barbed wire fence? No. I hate you, dude. <laughs> Steak. No, utter destruction. Oh! Because it rips <laughs> up the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Got him.
1: <laughs> oh, You laughed. You're welcome. You did. That was... You should be a dad. You're already I'm pretty there. close. That's a good dad joke. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: The four Gospels, obviously, tell the same story, but in different ways. So we're going to be starting off in Luke, then we're going to switch to John. And after we switch to John, I'm not sure what King and Noah are going to do, but they might be reading out of Matthew or Marcus's... Uh, Version of the gospel. Anyway, let's get started. So this is the night before Jesus' betrayal. And um, Jesus is currently on the Mount of Olives. I'm going to pick you up here in Luke chapter 22, verses 39. And he came out and went, and as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, now guys, you got to listen to this. So, guys, what we just read is uh, Jesus praying in the Mount of Olives. And a couple things I want to pick up. One, Jesus was sweating great drops of blood. I mean, this is actually a scientific proven fact that it is possible to sweat great drops of blood. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Sweating. No. No, I can't even imagine it. (laughs) And why was Jesus under such, in such agony, right? I mean... He says, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And we might get into this later. We will get into this more detail later. But the amount of agony Jesus was under is, I mean, he's in more agony than any of his disciples were before they died. I mean, Peter died, and he didn't, like, give a rip. The guy was so on fire for Jesus. Stephen got stoned to death, and he was, like, lit up like a— he was so chill. He was so chill. Like, his face shone. What's that uh, famous Bible verse looker up guy? His face shone like a bright star. It was glowing because he was uh, the first martyr anyway. So the amount of agony Jesus is under right now is uh, surely fascinating. And I think as we read more into the story, it uh, makes it really clear. <clears throat> so now we are going to John chapter 18. Um This follows the high priestly prayer, which is, if you want to get a good cry, read the high priestly prayer. So now, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples across the brook of Chydron, and he was in a garden, which he and his disciples entered, right? So we just read this. Luke obviously gives us more detail about it. Now, Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having pre So Judas, having produced a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward and said, Whom do you seek? Right? So now they're coming to capture Jesus. And Jesus like, Who do you seek? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Right. This is like an obvious conversation. And then Judas who betrayed him was standing with them. And Jesus said to him, I am he. They drew back and fell to the ground. That's kinda interesting. Like that's just a little like a little snippet, and we don't really hear a lot about that. They drew back and fell to the ground. Like he says, I am he and
2: boom. Like yeah, I was the ground shakes, they fall on their butt. I was wondering about this the other day. I read it and I was like, Why? Like why did they fall? I don't I don't know what they did. I don't know if it was some supernatural thing, or if they were just like, why is this guy who we're coming to get just saying, come and get me?
1: They drew back and fell, though, dude. Like, it's got to be, like, straight out of a movie. I am he. Boom, earthquake comes. They fall on their butt. I, that's what I envision. Maybe that's just me being crazy.
2: <laughs> Could be, but it did say they did that, so, yeah. Anyway, so
1: the guards are coming to arrest him. They all fall on their butt. <laughs> they stand up. And basically, they go and they arrest Jesus in Nazareth. And um, Judas betrays him with a kiss. And after they're done arresting Jesus, they have him all handcuffed. Or, I don't know, maybe bare twine wrapped around his arms. Um, Simon Peter, right? We all know about Simon Peter. He's the hothead of the group. He's the guy that uh, likes starting trouble. He's the guy that, he's definitely got an attitude. And Simon Peter draws his sword and cuts off the high priest servant's ear. He cuts it right off. And apparently this guy's name was like Malchus or whatever. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? And this is what I really want to get into, guys. We keep seeing Jesus talk over and over again about this cup that the Father has given him. And like, what does that mean? Because obviously this cup is significant. And when you look back in the Old Testament, specifically in Jeremiah, we see the Old Testament speak of god's wrath as a cup which was to be drank right and so jesus knows this jesus knows that he is about ready to be under i mean the wrath of god and that's why he keeps referring to what he's about what's about ready to happen he keeps referring to it as a cup in which he is to drink and you look throughout all the gospels we see this like this theme of jesus drinking the cup of god's wrath and i don't know man i mean we can get more into this, but I mean, do you guys got anything to say about that? Chime in, make this lively conversation. I don't just want to be preaching the whole time. We'll do this now.
0: Let's do it now.
1: We talk about Yeah. The
0: crucifixion. You know, and and every time that it gets brought up I just it just happened this week at church. Um, on Easter Sunday. They said, you know, think about how Jesus was marred, you know, think about how he was he was whipped. He carried the cross. He was you know, hung up, couldn't breathe because you have, like, the asphyxiation or however you say that, and that's happening. So you have to, like, lift up on the nails or pull up on the nails to be able to breathe even and how horrible that would be of a physical experience. And that's what the emphasis is always on. And we didn't even talk about the wrath of God hardly at all. But, like, you, we talked about um, that part in Luke, in the garden where Jesus is just, like, sweating drops of blood like the anticipation of drinking the cup of wrath that's what that's what's making him sweat blood that's what's that's the only thing he's thinking about like when when Peter cuts off the guy's ear he's like no this I have to drink this I
1: have to drink this cup for you for you that my father
0: has given me
1: I have to die I have to undergo the wrath of the almighty holy perfect god for you Right. Like what Second Corinthians five is it 21 says for our sake, he made him who knew no sin to be sin, to be sin. (laughs) So in him, we might become the righteousness of God.
2: Right. Yeah. Holy cow. And and in Isaiah 53, like what we're talking about, um, but he was pierced because of our rebellion. He was crushed of our iniquities. The punishment for our peace was on him and we are healed by his wounds. It's not he did this for us. So there is, there is something to be said about the physical pain that he went through. And that's only because that's what we should be bearing. He should have never bore that because he was totally sinless.
1: He was perfect. This guy lives his perfect life. So anyway, we were just talking about the wrath of God being satisfied with Jesus. And, um, just how amazing that is and the newness of life we now walk in because of it. So let's keep going. Um. We are gonna get into Pilot Jesus before Pilate. So, King, I know you have a bunch of research that was done on this topic. Jesus before Pilate. Yeah, maybe
2: not a bunch, but maybe like five minutes. If yeah, it, well, if that's a bunch, here. I mean, it's here. five minutes is a lot of time, you know. <laughs> like the internet, you can get a get a lot of places in five minutes. Um, so with Pilate and Jesus' crucifixion, what I think is really fascinating is the fact that, um how everything came into play historically um, for it to take place for Jesus, an innocent person to be crucified. Um, It's just really interesting because Pilate, he says like, there's, this is an innocent man. Like why he's asking the Jews, why do you want to kill this guy? Like, there's literally nothing wrong. And I'll let you, I'll let you kill him um, because you want to. And he was just like really confused and why um, the, the people of Israel like wanted to kill the Jews. Wanted to kill Jesus. Like there's nothing wrong with this guy, but if you look um, at the history of Pilate and how um, God worked sovereignly um, through the spans of time and ordained um, every historic event um, and planned every historic event, how that worked because Pilate was like a he was like a governor. He wasn't the top dog in Israel, and the top dog at the time was Tiberius. And Tiberius and Pilate um, weren't really. P- Tiberius did not really like Pilate. He's done a couple things earlier um, with the Jews that got him in trouble with the the top dogs in Rome. And they Pilate was kind of on his last string, and he didn't want um, the chaos that was going around going on around Jesus to um, break that last strand that he had with Tiberius. So instead of standing up for Jesus. He let the Jews kill him so that he could keep his position of leadership in his area. And that um is the only reason really um that Jesus was crucified. And so just, Pilate's,
1: Pilate's on the hot chair,
2: basically. Yeah, Pilate's in the hot chair. He's about ready to get kicked out and replaced. And But
1: Pilate's the kind of guy he wants to do his job right. He is he a does. good cop.
2: He does. He is a good cop. He said, Hey, like, this guy's innocent. Like, I don't you want me to release Barabbas? Like He's, um, like, why do you want me to release him? He's a murderer. Jesus did nothing. And just how God works in strange ways to have, to ordain all those other events and plan all those other events. So Pilate had to let Jesus be crucified, even though he was, as it appears, a pretty good judge yeah, of character. Yeah, sure. and um, And that's just the way that God the way that God works. And I think we see that uh, a lot of different places, like even with the way that Jesus was crucified, he was crucified on a cross. And like the cross was not a super, I mean, it was a popular execution means of execution at that time, but it wasn't the only means. And it was only used for a short period in history.
1: If you go back and you, okay, this is, fascinating if you go back and you look at like how people were tortured like over the years because it's what it is it's like a torture method right to scare people yeah for sure like there's a couple things that like come close to like i don't know you might be hard pressed to say that the crucifixion was the worst government mandated form of execution that was mandated by a government i mean you have the vikings do you know what the spread eagle is the vikings would do but that wasn't government and government mandated it, it doesn't matter. But there's a couple weird things. But, like, basically, they would... I'll just tell you real quick. They would uh, cut your ribs out the back. They would spread your ribs out like this. I—I I, You need motions. You guys can't help from this. Basically, they would cut your ribs in the back. They would pull your ribs out to the front. They would throw your lungs over your shoulder. And then you would suffocate like that. But it was a really quick death. It wasn't like a crucifixion. That was like a... However many days it took. To yeah. Anyway, days there's some days. nasty stuff. We live in a really soft culture. I'm sorry, guys, but we do.
2: Yeah, we're we're pansies when it comes to. I know. What we can take and what we see around us, which I'm thankful for. Don't oh, get me wrong, on, but Don't,
1: I can't wait to be morphed up. In- and then
2: and then moving on to like to the actual crucifixion, like Jesus died in a matter of hours, and that was also to fulfill prophecy that none of his bones would be broken because the other two prisoners he was crucified with, their legs were broken so that they couldn't push up on their legs to keep on breathing, and they suffocated, and that... Um, they took
1: a club and, like, snapped their femur.
2: Yeah. And instead, Jesus' side was pierced, which is also to fulfill prophecy, and if he wouldn't have died when he did, um, neither of those prophecies would have been fulfilled. And when he died, um, in John um, 19, he says, like, after... I'm pretty sure it's John 19... Um
1: yeah, we can look it up. Famous Bible verse or look her upper guy.
2: Yeah, he he uh drinks the drinks the wine, said it is finished, and bowed his head and gave up his spirit. And the interesting thing here is that he said he gave up his spirit. And if we look back at John ten, um when Jesus talking to his disciples, I believe, in John ten eighteen, he says, I lay down my life that I might take it up again. Um Jesus laid down his own life. He chose the moment that he wanted to die. It wasn't external. I mean it it definitely was external because he was dying. But he chose when he wanted to die for the purpose of prophecy being fulfilled. Yeah. He was the son of God. If he, he, gets- he wanted to if he wanted to hang on longer, he could hang on longer.
1: And if Jesus didn't want to Who's to stop him from not drinking the cup of the wrath of God? Like, he could have called down angels and freaking, like, wiped out all these crazy Romans, but he didn't.
2: Yep, not my will, but your will. Yep. That's
1: amazing to think about. This is, like, our whole lives are about what Jesus did for us. Like, that's what it's all about, man. And, like, this is, like, the moment in history where everything changes it's the moment where I mean now we start keeping track of dates because of what Jesus accomplished on that cross. So Noah, I know you want to talk about uh the crucifixion. Let's talk about that. Let's you you're the guy for the crucifixion.
0: I'm the guy. <laughs> yeah, Andrew and I are like basically kissing in front of this microphone. It's pretty awesome. Whoa. I'm just kidding. I he has a girlfriend, so I can't say that. Um But yeah, so we were talking about the crucifixion, obviously, and but something that came up was just talking about how, like, the physical aspect side, you know, it is ter- – it is – oh, gosh, okay. I can't pretend like it's not terrible because it is, but it's the crucifixion. There were two guys doing it next to him. There were people that had this because it was, like, as Trent said, like a government-mandated form of execution. Lots of people were crucified. Like, to see someone crucified, it was like, ooh, ooh. That's
1: awful. It would be equivalent to, uh, like, the electric chair, I'd say. Like, people die all the time from the death penalty in America. Not as much right. as they should. Not oh, as much as they up. should. Anyways.
0: But. Anyways. <laughs> but, like, yeah. So, you you just walk, you can walk through town, and on the side of town, you see somebody getting crucified. It's, like, a thing that happened, okay? And it's awful. But that does not compare, it doesn't compare, to what Jesus went through when he drank the cup of wrath from God. Like you, we have no idea what hell is like. We have no clue. We can't fathom the depths of hell and the lengths that God went to to like pour his wrath out. Like, and what that would look like. It'd be awful. I can't, we don't have words in the English language to define how just anguish, just pure anguish. There's nothing to describe it. And to put a person to the point where they're sweating blood even thinking about it, like, I can't even, yeah, that's just insane. And then, and that he chose that. Like, he looked at us, these people who were spitting on him, minutes, you know, hours and minutes before, whatever. He looked at those people and said, yeah, I'll do this thing that you can't even imagine bearing, that you would do anything to avoid. I'm just going to take that after living whatever, 30 some odd years life. Perfect. Choosing no sin, choosing only things that please God. And then choosing like to suffer that for people who trampled on him while he was there. Yeah.
1: It's nutty. So like we were saying, Jesus, if he was under the wrath of God, he had to experience hell on the cross. I, is is that a valid statement that he... Ha- I mean, I don't know necessarily, but it would seem like... He, you know, and we keep getting caught up on, like, the wrath that was satisfied and all that. And I think that's important. But, like, yeah, the wrath... I mean, he, he, he felt hell on the cross. He had to. Felt like hell.
2: Because he, in taking on the wrath, he... Each sin that we commit demands the wrath of God. Yeah. Not, like, one sin is the same, like, demands the same amount of wrath as a lifetime of sin. Yeah. But he bore... Our transgressions. Our transgressions. Every single sin of every single person of the elect who has been justified, he bore all of that on himself at one time. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. That's unbelievable. The amount of grace and mercy. That's like I always say. If you ever doubt God's love towards you. How can you? How can you? Because you look at what Jesus Christ did for us. And that right there is like the ultimate expression of love. No doubt about it. So I don't like when I feel like, hey. Because I'll be honest. My emotions swing sometimes. Sometimes I feel like I'm the best person in the world. Sometimes I feel like I'm the most awful piece of crap. Redneck you'll ever meet. And tempted tempting me, like, hey bud, like you freaking suck, right? Like I'm like, no, I don't, because Jesus died for me. Like, he loves me that much that he was willing to die for me, and everything he suffered for us.
2: It yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make us like any better or worse of a person. We're still we're still sinners. Yeah, like we still live our lives sinning. Um, we through the power of the Spirit daily. Um pray for God's grace and receive God's grace in our sins. Um, But we strive to become more like Christ, the one who bore our sins. Um, And that is, that's the journey of the Christian life um, to become sanctified through the power of the spirit, to live in community with one another, encouraging one another and building one another up um, and sharing this message with all those who will listen. Everyone needs to hear this. It's not just it's not just us who go to church every Sunday and hear this. That is real. Sin is real. Hell is real. Heaven is real. Um, and we need to um, share this truth with others. If we believe this to be true, which we do, the Bible is true. Um, it is something that we love. We love to talk about. We love it because it is real. If it wasn't real, then What's why say? would we talk about it?
1: Yeah. Like it talks about in First Corinthians, like if Jesus, right, was not resurrected, we haven't gotten the resurrection. We can do that on another podcast. But like our faith is in vain. Like we're we're to be pitied over anybody else on the planet. Like honestly, like we're the biggest fools. Either either Christians are the biggest fools on the planet or we're like the the saved ones on the planet. Like Either we're making a mess out of our lives, and I know I'm not, because I got the Holy Spirit living in me, bud. And I know for a fact, I know for a fact, man, we are living for the right reason. So
2: Yeah, because if we weren't, we'd be denying the pleasures of this world for no reason. I know. And that's what we are doing. We're denying the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, yeah. and the pride of life to serve Christ.
0: I was thinking about... Um, well, what you just said, too, about, like, how we sin in everything. Like, if we're not in Christ, we sin in everything. And I was thinking about that. I don't know if we talked. Andrew, I don't know if we talked about this the other day. Maybe I talked about this with somebody else. Anyways, doesn't matter. The point is, like, people are going to question that statement, Trent, that you made. that what like statement? That if, you know, some people came up to you and they're being punks, that you would beat the tar out of them. And the only reason you wouldn't is because of Jesus. Like people would be like, No, I wouldn't beat them up because I'm like a generally considerate person and I just wouldn't do that. And I'm not a Christian. So boom. What do you say to that? It's like, okay. Say a couple things to that. Right. In that scenario, it's like there's there's insane numbers of motivators. Like you might you might not want to pick a fight with them because you're gonna lose. Because you're gonna lose and you're afraid of losing. You might not pick a fight with them because you like you're just oh what I'm trying to think of good examples off the top of my head. Normally, because I would try you're just a beforehand. sissy. But yeah, or a sissy, whatever. But like <laughs> ultimately, like there's always something. Like every good thing we do, if we're not in Christ and we don't understand this truth that we're talking about, it's selfishly motivated. Like I have a guy. There's this really good friend of mine that I grew up with, and everything he does, it just seems like he's such a selfless dude. It really just everything, and he's not a Christian. And for the longest time, I was like. Who is this guy? Like like he's not a believer, but it seems like everything that he's doing is just selfless. And it just didn't make sense to me. Mm. I was like, how like how is the Bible true saying that this what he's doing is sinful? And then like I realized the other day that a ton of the the uh, big decisions that I make in my life are so I don't disappoint other people. And that's wrong, selfish. It's selfish. Like I'm doing it to please other people. Or to have other people view me in a certain way. And this guy could totally be doing that. That's like probably what he is doing. He's doing these things for the sake of being seen in a certain way, which is selfish. It's all about how you're being viewed. It's prideful. It's it's you're fulfilling your own purpose and your own motivations. But it looks like a good thing. And that's we can do that with so many things. And then it appears that we're not yeah.
1: sinful. And okay, so this is where we get into... The work of the Holy Spirit and the regeneration that takes place in our hearts, right? Right, so, so what's the difference between us and that person? The regeneration that takes place by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly, like what you are saying. Were you asking me or was that rhetorical? I don't know. Both. But <laughs> but like once you have the Holy Spirit living in you, and me and actually, me and Zach and Guy, we got in this in the last podcast, talking about the veil of the temple being split right down from the top to the bottom. <laughs> um, <laughs> All the way, baby. <laughs> all the way, like. And then John 3, right? We must be born of water and born of flesh if we want to inherit the kingdom of God. And the Holy Spirit does this work in us. And I don't know how to describe it other than maybe Ezekiel. Or what are you going to talk about?
2: Talk about it. The transformation of the Spirit? Yeah. Is that where you're going? Talk about it. So in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, And we all, that is those who are believers in Christ, with unveiled faces beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Our transformation does not come from ourself. It's not us who's doing the transforming. It is the Holy spirit working in us, transforming us from one degree of glory to another. And it. when it says in the Bible that um, we uh, are being glorified, It also says we were glorified and it also says we will be glorified. So it's like, okay, so like what's going on here with all this glorification stuff? Well, we were glorified in our salvation that brought the spirit into us. The spirit is, um, drawing us from one degree to glory, um, to another degree. Like I just read in second Corinthians and the final ultimate glorification is when we are joined together with Christ in heaven and experience the glory of the father. So that's what the threefold glory is all about.
1: So I got two things going on my head right now. One, we are going to do a podcast sometime on the golden chain, gold chains. You know, the gold chain,
2: what are you talking about?
1: You don't know the gold chain, the golden chain of salvation. That's what you were just talking about. Those predestined, Oh, he in called, Romans 8. Those he called, he justified. Yeah. And those he justified, he glorified. People call that the golden chain. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'd <laughs> yeah, like that. I think that's sweet. So I want to do a podcast where we're entitled The Golden Chain Two chains. Anyway, and then also to go along with what you're saying, I don't think I've ever said this in this podcast, but I, want, I think if you're listening to this, you should just tune in right now. Right? How are we saved? We are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to scripture alone, for the glory of God alone. Boom. All of this
0: clearly is about
1: Easter.
2: Yeah. Not the Easter bunny. Or eggs. Or ham.
0: That was slightly sarcastic because we've gone so far off track.
2: But if you think about it, everything everything's about Easter. And I don't even... What's the... Right? If we say everything's about the resurrection, like, it's about Easter. Which we didn't even get to resurrection, but we'll do that some other time. But... I don't know. Someone should do a word study on Easter, like the word Easter. I don't I even know what I think we should just means. call it Resurrection Day because. Agreed. Really?
0: Yeah. Why do we call it Easter? Whenever we say Easter, people are like, ooh, bunnies and eggs. Well, let me get some candy.
2: But what I do like is, is uh, Good Friday is still a holiday. I know. And it's still insane. on the calendar. And, and I was thinking the other day, like, if I saw someone, next time I see someone on Good Friday, I'm like, I'll say, Happy Good Friday. And though, And they'll be like, oh, it's Good Friday? And I'll be like, yeah, you know what Good Friday's about? And then you'll be like, yeah, like, Christ died. And they're like, well, why is that good? Yeah, he did. Then they'll be super confused. (laughs) And then you have an opportunity to share the gospel. I think that's super cool. So maybe next year.
1: (laughs) Happy Good Friday. It's a little late. Reverse. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Time travel. Not Black Friday. Good Friday.
1: Mm. Although it was a Black Friday. Good Friday was a Black
2: Friday. Did you the spend a bunch of money? The sky went black for... Like, oh, oh, oh. How many hours? <laughs> I thought you were talking about like three <laughs> days ago, but... No,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, Yeah, no. Yeah. What, what's it say the sky went black for like...
2: From no, like noon to three. Something like that. And oh, then right. and then the veil was torn. And then
1: the veil was torn. And
2: like the veil, it wasn't just like some thin curtain. It was like a four inch thick yeah, yeah, big thing. Like, really? It was like no dude could just go up there and just say yeet and just rip it. No. Plus it went from top to bottom.
1: Top to bottom. So unless see. had a really big fiberglass ladder or a fire truck.
2: Yeah. I don't think they had any bucket trucks uh in first century.
1: And then we should do that like uh, podcast episode on the Holy Spirit. That's another thing we want to do. So guys, we got a lot of good content coming at you. Holy Spirit. Yeah, and
2: if you have any recommendations, uh reach out. I don't know how you do that, but figure yeah, it out. You I guys are know. smart.
1: Yeah, you can reach out. I really shoot
2: Trent uh a message on Facebook, whatever. Something like that. This is so unorganized. Yeah, we're so scatterbrained. That's fine,
1: but I know <laughs> right now we're scatterbrained. It's, but that's fine. It um, just
2: proves that we're doing this real. We're not a bunch of trained Bible scholars, no. but we, we love but we still love Jesus, and that's what so matters.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Noah. Well, would one of you boys want to get him all fired up for serving Jesus? Get him fired up.
2: Oh, okay. So, Talk uh, about
1: our justification, and this will be the end. Not the end, but it'll be at some point. Talk about our justification, the resolve of our justification, implications of our
2: justification. You want to say that a little faster? <laughs> <laughs> it's been bars. So there's a, a quote by, I believe it is. um,
1: Probably an old dead white guy. No, it was
2: an old, Nate Saint. He was, a, he was a missionary, a martyr, um, and he says, Uh, This is what he says. I'll say it twice because it's a little wordy and confusing, but um, he is no fool who will give up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Um, And that's talking about um, giving up your life um, for gaining other souls to Christ. Um, Each person that you come in contact with, each person, each brother who you love and serve, brothers and sisters in Christ, um, You're going to keep them. They're going to be with you in eternity forever. Um, God has us here on earth for one purpose. That's to glorify him. And the more people who can glorify God, the more people that he draws to himself, the more that he will be glorified. So the more um, we can share the love of Christ with others, the more Christ ultimately will be glorified. That's what he brought us here for. um, That's what we are to do. So I don't know. I was. I said I was going to say it twice. He is no fool who will give up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. I, I don't know if that's word for word, but that's what it is. That's all I got. To all my fans. I hope you don't have any fans. I hope none of us have
1: any fans. We don't have fans.
0: Oh, yeah. What's that thing Sorry. you say? Say that. God be the glory. Preach the gospel,
1: die, and be forgotten.
0: I love that. That's so cool. I know. As So, uh, before we started, we were like, well, what kind of intro are we going to get? And Trent's
1: like, you don't get an intro. And then he said that quote again. Say it again. Preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. Mm. And we preach the gospel with words, but also mainly with our actions. Right. So, it just does I Yeah. I always
0: forget that. Man, it doesn't matter. Does, I, I don't matter. Just just need it. I mean, I do because God loves me enough to die for me, but man, I get caught in it. Like pride is so real and oh my goodness. Yeah. To think about, to think about like to tie this up kind of a little bit, to think about the, the death that Jesus died, the cup that he drank and the fact that he rose from the dead, which we didn't talk about hardly at all, but man, it's cool. Um, (laughs) it's pretty insane. Um, The fact that all that happened and that he did that for us um, and that we've done nothing, nothing to earn it because everything that we've done is out of selfishness or pride. The fact that all that happened for us um, should be so humbling and so encouraging that we have so much uh, to live for.
2: Don't forget that Christ said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me daily, not just like once, but like daily (laughs) daily. And that's hard to do because it's hard to deny yourself. No, I was thinking about what you were
1: saying and just one more quote I heard one time. Have no faith in your faith.
2: That's pretty lit. Say it again. Have no faith in your faith. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I'm confused. You make no sense. Define your terms. I'll let you guys think about it No, I
1: better. want you to. <laughs> Have no faith in your faith. You guys can think about that later. And it's maybe it's right, maybe it's wrong. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to another episode of For the Rebels podcast. Guys, this has been great. Noah King.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us. It's
0: great to be here.
2: (laughs) You sound like you're dying. He's actually happy, I promise. It's
0: actually pretty hot in here. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Swamp season. It's hotter than a Louisiana bayou down here. Keep rebelling against the culture and conforming to the image of Jesus Christ.